Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hardly anything gets the imagination about the Middle Ages going like castles. A fortress on a hill, perhaps surrounded by a moat. Curtain walls, a keep and towers. Just like the Middle Ages uh, can mean a lot of things. So there are many differences uh, from the fortifications on the early medieval period uh, to the ornate baroque palaces that had little to do with defense. Today, we'll take a break from the people's stories of kings and bishops and look at the landscape of castles throughout the centuries. There's a reason for the timing. We are about to embark upon the Crusades and that will change European ideas of fortifications a lot. So now it's our chance to put a few topics we have been talking about into perspective life of the nobility, castles, when and where and why. So let's just talk some castles. Welcome to the History of Germany podcast with Travis Dow and me, Judith Strusenberg. Yes, and where we are in the chronological order, the last couple episodes, is somewhere in the 11th century, let's say, and the Crusades are just getting, the first crusade is in, has already happened. Um, Europeans kind of uh, marching towards the Middle East and building fortifications are in full swing. And castles, right now in this time are just completely being changed, evolved. Uh, it's, a, it's an arms race of bigger walls, bigger moats, bigger technology, siege technology. And it's happening so fast that we're going to stop and take a look at what happened before, what happened after, because we've also been describing a lot of kings and emperors, kaisers, popes, and There was also a social life and social order in the castles, um, a village within a village, markets outside of the marketplace and all those things in castles. And that also changed a lot. Uh, in hundreds of years, castles existed for, you know, a thousand, two thousand years. Um, so, yeah, we're going to kind of slow down and, and look at this. And if you know nothing of German history and you just know... English history, you still probably know this time period as significant because also in England, for instance, castles changed, I want to say overnight, but, but you know, in one generation, the, the landscape was almost completely different. Definitely, you know, stone castles were being built in a very different fashion and manner now because 1066 is also when the Battle of Hastings happened and the Normans conquered England from the Saxons, Anglo-Saxons. And so we go from, yeah, 
Well, okay, so now we can start talking about castles. And there, we can go way back. We can go to Roman fortifications and, you know, all these kind of palisades. But do you know, Judith, what a Mott and Bailey is? Because I, I don't know in German. I kind of want to look it up so, <laughs> so that you understand. Um, but does that tell you anything, Mott and Bailey? Is it something to drink? Nice. <laughs> yes. No. Nice. That's a good guess. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a creamy, it's kind of like a white Russian, but yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. It's, imagine you have a fortified town on a hill, the, the, the Mott. Um, so you have a raised platform with a wooden wall and then stone wall around it. And then yeah. you have a second hill outside the first one, outside the town. And that's the Bailey. And so it's actually a town of two parts. One fortification, but the Bailey is more fortified. That's where the, the king, the duke, whatever would live. And then there was this town around. And so attackers, the, the, the Mott was easier to defend, uh, to, to attack. And then the Bailey. So it's kind of like double layer of protection. Motte. Okay, so in German, yeah, ma, ma, it's probably a German word. Look at that, people. We all learn together. Mott comes from German, <laughs> from the word Motte, um, which is a really old... Um, so it, it also exi existed in Germany. This is the Anglo-Saxon way of building. So a, a Motte by itself, a Mott by itself, that's like a, a, a Celtic hill fort would be a huge motte. So when Julius Caesar came to Gaul and explained um, what an opida was, a fortified sort of Celtic hill town, then he's actually describing a mot without the bailey. The bailey is, now we're in the Middle Ages, we have our Herzoge, our, our dukes, and we have our um, nobility, our grafen, and all these uh, nobility, even the kings and kaiser and things. They now have their little beginning of the castle, that's the bailey. And in the bailey, I need to look up another word in German, but the, in the bailey is the keep. And the keep, I don't know, like in, in Karlstein, in the Czech Republic, there was the castle. And then inside the castle was one tower where the walls were just twice as thick. And, and castle walls are thick, let's say one meter thick. The keep might actually be two meter thick walls. It's like a castle within the castle. So if the castle is conquered and the people are coming into the courts, then you gather to the keep. Oh, it was in Lord of the Rings. Everyone's like, go to the keep. Okay, that was, they breached the walls, retreat to the keep. That's yeah, exactly. Oh, the donjon. This com okay, so in German, they use the word dungeon, which comes from French which is where we get our word dungeon from. But that's uh, so the, um, that was the center part of the castle. Um, in English, if we would say dungeon, in German, that's Kerker. So it's, das ist was anderes. Meinst du den Bergfried? Oh, mm, the Belfry would be like, if it was like a monastery, yeah, right? It would be like the last defensible position. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, so in some castles, you might think of it as the great tower. It's like the tower in the middle. And then there's smaller yep. towers, towers, towers outside. I can think of like, if you've ever seen the ruins of the Cosy, Cosy, C-O-U-C-Y. It, it's in France, north of Paris. It's like 
there's the keep and then there's like five towers or four towers around it so it looks like a big tower with other towers around so it's like the keep in the castle but this idea of so the keep is the last defensible position of the duke or the king or whatever so even in the 11th century even you know a thousand years ago they'd have mott and bailey you have the town you have the the bailey it's kind of like the castle with the keep inside so that that kind of happens in england edward the first started to build second walls around the whole thing and that's if you think of a castle that you're actually thinking of the walls around everything yeah another thing to mention is okay i don't remember in the saxon episodes about ottos i think i mentioned in the 10th or 11th century is when you start to see actual stone walls. Before then, it was even if it was kind of considered a castle, it would be a wooden, a wooden palisade, a wooden fortification. Uh, wooden structures, yes. Yeah. Uh, perhaps uh, we can. We mentioned that here. Talk briefly, about but... um, the etymology of the ca- of the word castle because it comes from the Latin word castrum, mm-hmm. which. Um, means um, a fortified military camp. And this was, of course, done with a wooden yeah. structure. Yeah. So the original idea was to be as, as Roman as possible. And so they're copying the legionnaires' camps. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so one interesting thing, before we even define castles, because I, I just want to mention, people might think of, if they think of like, fortress or fortifications, they might think of like it's a medieval thing. But actually, so, because one thing I want to mention is in German, you have Schloss and Burg. And and Americans all know this, like, oh, there's Schloss Neuschwanstein and there's a Burg, which is like, oh, even like Regensburg or some, you know, some town name. Um, Nürnberg. Nürnberg, yeah. So it could uh, even Nürnberg it could mean a defensible hill. So back and burg is like hill. One means hill and one means fortress. But really, it's the same thing. It's like we live on this Nürnberg or Regensburg. It's just like we live on this defensible place. And Nürnberg has a castle on the hill. So it's um, definitely, you know, that kind of idea. The other thing I want to mention is, so while it might have started in ideas we got from Romans... Celts, we mentioned, had these opida, the same sort of idea. And it actually went on to, I would say the last fortresses were all the way, basically the, I mean, what would you consider the, consider the Maginot Line or the the bunkers in Czechoslovakia that they built against, for, against Germany or even like Belgium in the 1930s? Uh, had these massive fortifications that could um, fend off the biggest gun of their time, which then the Germans just built bigger guns. But And that was kind of the problem of castles. And and I would say up until the 1930s, people built yeah, but, with but the philosophy not... of a castle. Like the philosophy is we can okay. be shot at uh, and defend ourselves. After 1930s, it was like there's... There, so uh, to give one, the, I would say the last castles, the last fortresses, burg, the word burg, were built in the like 1890s in Belgium, um, and were the best in the world, and 
it took the Germans, like in World War One, it took them a week. You know, it, they just they built a bigger gun and 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 they lost tens of thousands of of uh, troops of soldiers, but it, it was not enough. So, <laughs> I mean, but the idea of castles existed until pretty recently now it's like well we have airplanes we have a nuclear bomb you know but the idea of saddam hussein's bunker with the multiple with the layers of concrete and something that can resist a bomb the idea is the same the idea is (laughs) there's barbarians at the gates but i'm safe i have a safe house i can stay here and uh, live through a siege and as long as i don't run out of food and water i'm fine um that the idea, idea is, is yes is pretty similar yeah but in the meantime from the i think um the end of the 15th century on there were castles built not for um yes fighting but for representation not in, for for german you could yeah. actually, there's a word. So Schloss, like Schloss Neuschwanstein is a great example of a castle that makes no sense defensively. It is a mansion. <laughs> and in German, uh, you could say, there's a couple different words. Like you could say Schloss, which we don't differentiate. That's castle. One, is def- one castle is defensive and one castle is more like a palace, like Versailles. Yes. So we would call Versailles a castle. Germans are like, that's not a book. <laughs> you know, you know, there's a, a tank. German would say Schloss, yes. Yeah, it's Schloss, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's more like in English, we might say palace. And absolutely. So starting like, let's say 500 years ago, you know, these Italian uh, mansions and vi- villas and palaces, there might be a wall around them, but not seriously, not a, not for defense no yes. one believed like if everyone knew if war broke out i gotta go I, i'm not gonna this is not yes, like i think yeah. if you want to keep it simple you say uh book mm-hmm. it's medieval and it's uh fortified yeah like for defense yeah yes and if you say schloss it's newer than medieval times and it's not made um to defend it. Yep. Yeah. It's more like to show off wealth. Just like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For um, representation. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like in fr- even in Czech Republic, uh, they would say chateau a lot. Um, like in German, you might say, oh, chateau. Like that's a nice v- villa. Like that's a nice mansion. Whereas in English, we might call that a castle because we just call everything mm-hmm. castle. But yeah, in, in, in Czech, there was the same thing. There was like zamek, which was like schloss, like fortress. It, it's the same word as lock, like a, where you need a key. So like a yeah. zamek is like something that is like it's locked, it's safe. And then they would have a and then they would say chateau. It just spelled Czech. <laughs> like, shat, yeah, oh, chateau. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's OK. In, so that's schloss and burg, you know. Schloss and burg mm-hmm. um, come both from from the German word uh, to close. Yep. Uh, schließen. schließen. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Yep. They actually zamek is the same word as schloss. Now that you mention, of course, yeah, schloss is also the yeah. thing that you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. I never make that connection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> schloss. Schloss is a also schloss? like a padlock that you it's, put on your garage mm. or your bike. Uh, a, a, a bike lock is a Fahrradschloss. Yep, it's a bi- yeah. bicycle castle. <laughs> <laughs> and burg um, comes uh, from a Greek word, 
uh, Burgos, which means um, a safe place, mm-hmm. also closed in in a way. Funny, it's very interesting, I think. I think that, yeah, because Burgos, there was another word, uh, there was a Celtic word. Oh, okay, yeah, when I was learning about Prague, uh, they're they trying to explain what the word means, and there's a Celtic mm-hmm. word that means Braga, which, uh, uh, which means fortress, which means like defendable place on a hill, okay? It's book, mm-hmm. simple. But Braga, it's almost like, you know, it has the same letters, like B-R-A-G. Yeah. A, you know, Burg, Braga, like you just think like, oh, that's mm-hmm. related. They're both Indo-European languages. So there's this mm-hmm. idea of, and even back, the German word for hill, it's just like, well, what do you do on a hill? You defend yourself. There's no water yep. on a hill. There's no forest on a hill. It's dangerous. You know, there's the sun. It's, it's, you're exposed to the elements. But what you can do is defend yourself from other people. So it's really interesting. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, but then people started to get fancy, these really ornate Baroque things like you mentioned. Um, but you did mention, so like castrum from the Latin word of, of like a like a legionnaire's camp, I guess. Yeah. So then, um, yeah. And also, so in English, we have the word castrate, which is the same in German, castrieren, which means to well. cut off from the rest of society. Let's just. Let's just leave it. Let's just leave that one alone. I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, you know, to separate. Like it's, 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 you're safe in a way, but it's also like in the nobility sense, it's like I'm segregated, like I'm better than you, you know? So yeah. Um, castellum. So castrum is, okay. Castellum is, oh, a little castle. Okay. Ah, ca- so a castellum is little castrum and castle actually means it comes from the little the little version. So I guess there's a really obvious question, which is like, why don't we have castles today? Why do, why do we not still build castles? I know I kind of mentioned that with Belgium, because Germans ruined it. No, 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 I mean... <laughs> you build a castle in Anaheim. That's true, that's true. Uh, it's not defensible, though. Mickey Mouse doesn't like... <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe. The thing is, so... Castles, of course, originally came out of a very practical necessity. It was just very there. There's this complicated, low transition from people people living in a tribal society to feudalism, and and I'm and I want to be careful because when that happened, how that happened, and where that happened is very different like if we're talking about like England or Germany or um but but in Germany and France it's mostly there's Charles the Great and then we have Franks and they really started to have the first sort of feudal um like where where the nobility got land from from the emperor and therefore the nobility owed something to the emperor they also had peasants underneath them so you start to see a feudalism where there's a military on top and then you know causing protection for the peasants and then the that protection evolved into castles city walls okay um we see the same in japan we see the same in china we see the same in india um we see the there's very similar fortifications of like inca in in south america so it's like we think of as like there's definitely a European style of castles, definitely. Um, but it, yeah, but it was functional. It wasn't, you know, later 
crazy Ludwig of Bavaria built Neuschwanstein, but with taxpayer money. But at first, everybody wanted there to be castles because it was for protection, I guess. I mean, there was a there was a a need for castles. Yes, of course. I think uh, the historical background for the castle construction was a power structure of the medieval ages uh, with its estate society. So one can say originally the king lent a nobleman with a good, which is called beneficium, uh, the last word. Bishops could only um, get a castle or a place to build a castle and this uh, place had to be protected, had uh, to be built and originally after the death it fell back to the fight lord to the yep. to the king or whoever and also with peasants that that's actually a good point yep. is if uh, even if you had a wife and children sometimes there was some deal worked out where like okay the children now work the farm but there was a good chance that if the husband died the land and house went back to the lord and everything in the house, the tools, everything, everything in the house was belonged to the Lord. And the women and children yes. had to, like, just suddenly have no possessions, no... It got house, homeless. You know. yes. Yeah, just absolutely homeless. Um, no social sec- yeah. social net, nothing. Um, that is no, how it worked. Uh, it, that, that's a good... Yeah, that's a good point. That's how it works until Ottonian times, where mm-hmm. it began to change. Then mm-hmm. it uh, the good was transferred to the sun... Who had to swear again uh, to the to the landlord, to the father lord, mm-hmm. um, yes, to serve him, and so on. Now it's really interesting. It was definitely different than kind of what what separates Germany apart. Maybe Germany and France from like England is in in England you have these ancient traditions almost a, a township. Uh, um uh jeez uh, call it a shire you know there's there's hobbits living i don't care but there's like <laughs> these ancient settlements um charlemagne and the franks like a couple hundred years before they were like somewhere in scandinavia then they were in you know push, pushing on the roman boundaries then they were in belgium and then suddenly under charlemagne they exploded and you know the whole frankish empire france germany italy um now the thing is charlemagne so everything changed is my point there was the great migration you know everything kind of changed and when charlemagne started to rule his kingdom one point i made over and over and over again is remember there was no capital city. Charlemagne loved Aachen and he loved, you know, certain cities, but he traveled. He ruled on horseback. And so did Otto. So did, you know, several Ottos. The Saxons did this. But the Franks definitely. Everywhere he brought his court with him. So everywhere the king was, that's where the capital of, of Francia was. And so this is like the 9th century. Charlemagne started to build projects, um, castles, churches, monasteries, everything. But really, everything belonged to him. Everything was um, just, yeah. The, the, if you thought of castle, you thought of, oh, that's that's Charlemagne's thing. Uh, nobody else builds castles. Um, Frederick II. But, but slowly, you do see, like, even 
Okay, so <laughs> there's so much, again, there's so much history here. But remember, even in Charlemagne's time, we talked about like the Frisians. So like in northern Germany, then in the, uh, there was no nobility and, and they hated nobility. They hated knights. They didn't need knights. They didn't like feudalism, you know, the free Frisians. And they had laws against castles because castle equals power, equals like today we might think of like a castle equals a dictatorship because if someone can build a castle, they can tell me what to do that, you know, they have knights, they have swords. I don't have a sword. I, I'm just a farmer, but the person in the castle, he has authority. I don't like that. So no castles, please. That's what the Frisians did. Frisia is um, on the Dutch border or like uh, West Frisia is actually in the Netherlands. So right right up there on the North Sea, they were very like egalitarian, even under Charles the Great and after. But later, there started to be some laws on who could build castles, um, like very specific what they could do, what not. Uh, there's So in, in, in Frisia, we mentioned some some examples of... There could not be a stone building more than five stories high or something like that or so so many so many meters high because that would be like, oh, that's you're trying too hard. That's a tower. That's a castle. And you could also not build a basement that was more than a story or two down because maybe that was like a dungeon. And, you know, so it's just kind of like, no, we don't we don't like this. Um, but you also see. It was nobility's privilege. But like, for instance, like to jump ahead a little bit, there was two ordinances in the 13th century, one in 1220, one in 1232, which like forbade the construction of a castle in a, in a, in a church jurisdiction without their permission. Um, but there's also kind of, but, but also that same kind of um, law allowed princes like uh, uh principalities uh, princes to build castles in their own domain in their own fiefdom without royal approval but like you see so there's there's the Sachsenspiegel in the 13th century you did need definition you, you, there was a definition that you needed approval for um there was so then someone would come out it's kind of like getting an inspector an inspector now if you're building a house someone inspects the electricity inspects the <laughs> the the plumbing and the water in the 13th century there was a judge of the land that would represent the king and come out to your fiefdom and say oh, yeah um but only a, you only need a wall you only all all you need is a wall wall you cannot be higher than 10 meters it cannot have towers, it cannot have parapets, or it can have a rampart, or, you know, like a Frisian one was like, you cannot dig deeper than a man with his spade can eject earth. So that means, yes. like, throwing distance. Like, how far up can you throw dirt with a shovel? That's how low <laughs> your basement can be. Oh, um, the yes, door... Yeah, you must know. lead to the ground floor. Yep. And without a permission, you were only allowed to to build a wall which is not higher than a rider can grab. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So nothing you need siege technology for. It's it's we you know we know this today. The government it's, says we have nuclear weapons and jet fighters. You private citizens may not. The state militia. The National Guard can have tanks and flamethrowers. The state militia can have Hummers and Jeeps and assault rifles. 
the sheriff. You know, you you give it's a hierarchy of power. It's a hierarchy of, you know, defense. So the federal government today can come to any state and reconquer it because they mm-hmm. have jets. Uh, the king of the the German Kaiser could go to any castle without siege equipment, only with knights, because like you, like you did just said, <laughs> you know, you cannot be taller than a knight can reach on horseback, which means a catapult, a, you know, anything can shoot right. O- an archer can shoot right over it. So you could you could yes, throw uh, fire just, over just it. Just a wall know. with uh, which was built without permission of uh, of course. Yeah. If the judge of the land was there and said, "Yeah, you're allowed to build a castle. Everything's all right," then um, they could build a, a real castle. Uh, mm-hmm. This yep. changed, of course, um, at the latest uh, from the 11th century onwards. Then the construction of castles was allowed without um, royal approval. By counts and dukes, and from the end of the twelfth um, century on, also by the lower nobility. Yeah, so it's kind of one of the things that almost defines German history <laughs> is this thousand-year-old splintering of power, like the dukes and and. The, the fiefdoms get more and more power and the Kaiser gets less and less power to the point where when, when Napoleon came in, he was actually fighting 1,100 little fiefdoms and not, not a Kaiser yes. almost. Yeah, but and we, and we there see was this. Now we're talking s- slow, <laughs> like hundreds s- of years. Still yeah. the right of opening, which mm-hmm. means uh, the, the highest landlord was always assured yeah. To use um, the castle as a base or a retreat in the event of a warlike conflict, but yep. in practice, yeah, yeah it was often in practice, difficult. Listen to the last five episodes where <laughs> how many anti kings and kings and yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. If you were a, a rich duke, you couldn't just build a castle on your land. Someone would Say, go. Someone would tell the kaiser. Hey. It's a nice day. Let's build a castle. Yeah. No, not not that easy. It wouldn't be Germany if you wouldn't have a lot of That's paperwork right. and paperwork. Seriously, follow. yeah, there was a contract. Uh, seriously, of like, yep, it has changed since then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually that kind of interesting. The bureaucracy was yeah. there in a way. Like, um, yeah. So let's see. To go all the way back, I mean, so just to kind of summarize where we are, I mean, because it's we're talking about hundreds of years here. Meroving, Merovingians Still and Franks did have, you know, we, we talked about that. Like I talked about that twenty episodes ago of their uh, Claudvik building these these. Royal residences, but mostly still wooden structures. Um, but in France, you can see some of those really old Frankish, uh, under the Merovingians, there, there's fortifications for sure. Then the, then the Franks exploded. Um, so in the, in the like 8th to 10th century, we see more than a thousand long term, like as like permanent settlements and castles and towns being bar- built in, in from, you know, Roman cities like Cologne and and Trier being fortified and rebuilt to like new buildings and new cities and all this. And and we talked about that. And remember, okay, when when the Normans come, the Vikings. Okay, so I I was going to skip 
the the Viking history, but actually we got some listener requests of saying, please tell us about Vikings more, like talk about specifically Vikings in the 800s, uh, right after Charlemagne. And I, okay, so I talked to the um, History of Vikings podcast, Noah, and he's, he's going to be on the show and we're going to do a show on Vikings and you win, whatever, shut up. So uh, 9th century though, when the Vikings were coming, of course, that was that was scary. Suddenly, you have Vikings going all the way up the Rhine, all the way to like Cologne, um, way further than Cologne. Even Jesus, I don't even remember the my my geography, but they went um, up the tributaries to the Rhine. Then they would pull their boats over over land and get on the Danube. I mean, there are you know other rivers. So they were just like where you wouldn't expect Vikings. But surprise we're here and that was scary and so people started to build that was the first like town fortifications where it's like i don't care what the king says or the bishop says we're building a stone wall because there's vikings coming in the spring you know we have four like we know this and then you see the same thing when the hungarians came the magyars um just cruised through europe nothing stopping them uh until the battle of lesh uh, 955. So they, I mean, they went all the way like to the Spanish border. They went up to, you know, through France, like there's nothing, um, just on a, on a joy ride through Europe. When that happened, like we know, like under Heinrich the first, Henry the first, Vito Kint of Corvi, like these, the Saxon chroniclers like tell us people built castles. That definitely happened. Um, it was a building order by the king. Yes, he said uh, there yeah. should be a castle built for the population. Protect yourselves. Uh, protect, uh, protection yeah. against uh, the Hungarians, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like there was laws set up, you know, like economic changes, like, um, you know, every, what, what was it? It was like every 10th, every 9th person had to, uh, could would, would be selected. They would come live in the castle so that he could like, work in the castle, build the apartments, you know, for others. And then the other eight would come in and, and manage, you know, manage the actual crop, make sure that they can have food and eat. And so there was this whole system of castle building in this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, 80% of the population would feed the other 20 that would be building. And it was kind of a, in some time, some places it was a lottery. It was just like, okay, you, you, you come live in the castle and you guys keep doing this and hurry up. The Hungarians are coming. Um, we see more and more. So there's a place I want to get to in this episode, which we will, but um, the place I want to get to is the Prague castle. Sorry, you did. Surprise! I love <laughs> surprise. My favorite city in the world is, of course, Prague, the capital of the Czech Republic, and the Prague Castle um, in the 16th century. We're not there yet. I'm gonna we're gonna jump around a little bit because I want to tell you, like, in the 16th century, uh, if I had a time machine, let me put it this way: the reason I really care about this, the reason I'm really telling you this with a lot of passion, and I and I love this topic, is if I had a time machine. You know where I'd go if you've listened to my shows long enough, and that is uh, like 1590s, 1600s, Prague Castle, Rudolf II's uh, court and all that. The, the best bookstore, the best book market, probably since the Library of Alexandria, maybe, arguably, I would say, was in that turn of the, turn of the century in the Prague Castle. 
So in Prague, you have the main market and you have the main fortifications. There's even two castles, whatever. But the nobility lived near the Kaiser uh, on the castle grounds. Remember, so this we're talking the German Empire still. This is like Astro, uh, Habsburgs, so Austrian uh, dynasties. But the, the, the Kaiser, all the nobility, the Schwarzenbergs, the Rosenbergs, all these German noble families, Austrian noble families, they would live uh, up on the castle. And then there was a second market for... So this is... Oh my... They're like, there's so much cool history here. So here... So did you know... <laughs> Like, if you go to the Middle Ages in Germany, you and me, I don't know, were, were your aunt, did, do you have any famous ancestors, you did, like nobility, or were you all peasants and farmers, or do, do you know that much about your ancestors? Like, a like three or four hundred years ago, I have, yes, they, were, they were farmers, they were um, not not quite nobility, one, one of them um, was... Um, a craft person was uh, built the yeah. Lübecker Dom. Yes, yeah. it's the, De- definitely yeah. bourgeois, like t- top of no- top of the peasant class. Like you know, had some money, had some you know, had a good life, m- middle class maybe today, but not not nobility maybe. No, so, no queens, nor yeah, no no ki- no kaisers and Judith's Judith's no past. kaisers, no no. because no. at that time it was fascinating. I think that if you go to the town market where everybody goes, you will see onions, garlic, um, things, spices that people don't even use today. Spices that you need to be like a, a botany nerd, a, a herbalist nerd to understand that uh, in Europe, poorer people would go to the forest and pick plants like wild garlic, onions, and, and, you know, those kind of things to spice in their food. And you would buy those things in the market in Old Town Square in Prague, as an example, or in Charles Square. If you were nobility, so not you and me, not, not our ancestors, you would go up to the Prague Castle and you would buy cinnamon and saffron and black and pepper. peppercorn. Yeah. And... You would not buy, you would buy garlic because garlic is one of those spices that everybody likes, <laughs> but you would not buy <laughs> the local herbs and spices from the forest three miles away. That's peasant's food. And you wouldn't even, you wouldn't want that in your kitchen and you wouldn't want that on your table because it's a, it's a sign of shame. Like it's a status thing. You want saffron and cinnamon and, you know, uh, paprika and, and all those things. Salt, and, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's actually what we eat today. We eat the nobility spices, but those were the things that you could only find in the castle market. And it was actually, so it's such a weird thing that we might not think about. But if you go to the town square, you find clothes made of linen, of uh, wool, and kind of, you know, itchy clothing, you know, those kind of things. If you went up to the castle, you would find in the 15, 16th century, beautifully shaped mirrors for, you know, heating something from uh, Italian Renaissance, some clocks from Nuremberg, some calendars from Nuremberg. You would see spices from India, from the New World already coming in to, to Vienna and Prague and Madrid and London. And you would see silk 
and you would see, um, you know, just, just art from China and Japan. Like, no kidding. You know, in, in 1500, 1600. And yeah. you would not see that in the town square. And it, it, so it's actually a, so it's a parallel. Here's something that, I, the reason I'm wasting so much time on this idea is we don't understand this in America. Like, I'm an American. I go to Costco. We have everything. Bill Gates, he goes to Costco, too. He might buy it online, but we we buy the same. We both brush our teeth with Colgate, okay? <laughs> like, there's no, you know, like, there's no fancy golden toothpaste, and we both use Colgate, Colgate, whatever you, however you pronounce it. Yeah. And um, it's pronounced Colgate, though. And anyways, and... You know, even in America, it's like, oh, well, Bill Gates has a 50-inch Samsung TV, and I have a 40-inch Samsung TV, but we both go shopping at the same store. Uh, the thing is, in the Middle Ages, it was actually, uh, I we mentioned this before in, in other episodes, but it's by rank. So if I came in, if uh, account, and I'm wearing fur, fox fur. I can do that when I'm by myself and only my peasants, my bourgeoisie are around me. If the Herzog comes for dinner to visit, he's like, hey, Tra- hey, uh, Count Travis, it's me, Wolfgang von Bayern. Then I'm like, oh, shit, hide the fur. Because when the Herzog of Bavaria walks in the room, only he can wear fur, not me. I can I I can not wear my fox fur anymore, my beaver hat, only that guy. And in fact, how much gold I wear, how many the size of my chain, I I have to lower it, make it smaller for the other for the hatsulk. I cannot dress better than the hatsulk. And when the Kaiser comes to town, who, oh boy, like strict. It's very strict. Like what you could do. There's all kinds of formalities of, you know, like you know, he had to be careful. Later, in the mm, 13th, 14th, you know, this is happening slowly as we, you know, in this time. Okay, so now you know, all right? Now you know that it's a parallel universe. You as a peasant, you can't even go, you're like, oh, I want to go look at the, I want to go buy a, I want to go buy Galileo's book. You're not even going to know it exists because you don't know how to read, first of all. Why would you buy a book? You don't know how to read. Second, that book costs 10 years of your income as a peasant. And third, that book is being sold in the castle market, and you don't even have a reason to be in the castle market. You go to the castle door. The guard says, what's your business? What do you want? And you say, oh, I want to go buy Galileo's book. Pfft, get out of here. Go away. So you have. And so, in fact, if you want to buy Galileo's book, uh, you had uh, some trouble with the church. Oh, oh because, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why yeah. are you buying Galileo? You know, hmm. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah. So it's not how people th- It's just really like you have to put yourself in a totally different shoes. Like you have to understand that you might see a gold chain, you might see. You might work in a castle kitchen, so you might be sprinkling saffron somewhere, but if they even see you tasting it, you might know what cinnamon smells like, but be careful. I mean, it's it's something you'll never taste, never see, never smell, other, you know, unless you can even go to the castle. So, yeah, totally parallel societies. Um, When we say a castle. Also, when we say monasteries, when we talk about monasteries previous in previous episodes, and the next episode might be one of the next one or two episodes will be on um, Hildegard of Bingen, who was a nun. And 
you all know this, but when we say a monastery, we're talking a production economic center. They, it's a beer brewer, winemaker, uh, brandy distiller, um, farming activities, farming research laboratories, um, a medical laboratory, maybe smelting, maybe, maybe uh, definitely crafts, making clothing, making sandals, making shoes, making boots. Um, there's a whole, you know, obviously copying books, creating Bibles, um, that, you know, making parchment, making, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. It was a whole factory of a whole city. And we're just talking some dudes being monks or some women being nuns. And in this case, so you're talking a castle is the whole, it has its whole ecosystem. There's fishermen that bring the best fish to the castle. Hunters are nobility. So all any deer and elk and all that stuff. Uh, there's no elk in Europe, but deer and moose go to um, straight to the castle. Um, you know, the ducks, the geese, the that's all going to the castle. Nobody else has ever seen a cooked goose, maybe at Christmas or something, you know, in the later 17th, 18th centuries. But, but you know, a goose is something reserved for royalty, nobility, some kind of thing. So you might see a goose flying, flying in the sky or in the pond. You better not shoot it. In fact, the right to own a bow. Might, you know, you might not have that right. So totally split society. So this is why um, we'll tell you about monastic life in, with Hildegard of Bingen. And we'll tell you about, we, we try to always tell you about peasants' life and what's happening. We just did that last time with Lothar. If you're interested, we tried to explain, you know, how a household lives, uh, what they produce, what they're doing in the last episode with uh, Lothar III, if you're curious. This episode is like, I want you to understand, Judith knows, Judith's been to Germany, <laughs> Judith's spent her whole life in Europe, um, but Americans might not understand that it's a whole village within a village and then the keep is a castle within a castle, and there's the, there's this onion rings of society, and it is so separate. A, a nobility that doesn't even want to be seen in the local market, um, and a local person can't, you know, person buying onions cannot buy cinnamon. It's just not even, it's out of their reach. Even if they had the money, they, they can't do it. So anyways, that it's just kind of something that, yeah, it's it's a whole different society than we understand today, and it's kind of hard to maybe uh, paint an accurate picture. Don't you want a time, machi time machine and go to the Prague Castle? Yeah, yeah, of course. If you were no, like, if you're a peasant, sure. maybe not. Oh, just for for a day, see how life was. Of course, only if I could um, turn back here again. Exactly. If I yeah. have all my uh, impfungen, if I have all my vaccines, because I'm going to get cholera and Tacoma and all these horrible diseases. You know, I'll die from drinking the water, get an infection right away. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's fine. Leave your mobile at home. But so in I, other case, they would, yeah, witchcraft, burn you as yeah. a witcher. Yeah. We can keep going down that road, you know, Versailles and the the French court was like, you know, Marie Antoinette and the let them eat cake story you know it's just like they're so cut off from society it's it just becomes more and more so of course but but in the you know the frankish times it was like well you know i'm frankish i conquered you so i'm i'm nobility and you're not uh it's kind of like a like an occupation kind of thing 
Um, but it started, you know, it, was, it happened organically. It happened over centuries. Um, yeah, basically from like Roman Palisades to Versailles, kind of, you know, that's the, the, the thousand some years we're looking at. Hold on. Before we get back. Okay, so now we're going to talk about specific uh, constructions of castles, where we are in the chronological order, under the Salians, under um, like Conrad II, which is, you know, Henry V, kind of where we were a couple of shows ago. But let me take a real quick break to give you one message from our, a couple of messages from our sponsors. We do have some promotion codes and deals for you. First and foremost, of course, check out the podcast next shop. But let me tell you more about that right now. And I'll try to keep this um, as short as possible. Not, not more than, than two, three minutes. Thanks so much. But the main announcement I want to drop in the middle of the show is we did interview both Yudit and Imad. So Yudit, you've been listening to, obviously. Um, and Imad is a Syrian refugee who lives in Egypt now and translates our this, this show, History of Germany, to Arabic. The purpose of that, the way he pitched it to me, was um, to, it's kind of for Syrian refugees living in Germany so they can understand where they live. And with that, this whole podcast has taken on a whole new mission of like, uh, a whole new purpose, which is like, let's help Imad, let's uh, make his mission possible, because it's way more nobler than ours, which we're just kind of goofing around and having fun. Um so yeah, Ahmad is, is, he's also great. I mean, he's just, he's just fun to listen to. He's just a kind of a great guy. And he's also not out of danger yet. So, I, you know, I really would appreciate it. He's not, from where he is in Egypt, uh, just being an atheist and bisexual is enough to kind of get you in trouble. And his whole story of how he fled, he was imprisoned and tortured and, you know, all this kind of traumatic things. We, you know, he was willing to sit down and talk about it. And it's, it's a really great story. And we'd really appreciate it if you heard Imad's tale. And of course, you know, meet Yudit. Uh, that's not just her Twitter handle, but we also interviewed Yudit. And that's on the Podcastnik. Both of those are on the Podcastnik feed. If you go to podcastnik.com, uh, there's, a, there's a new podcast, I guess, technically where I can kind of do whatever I want. And that's just called Podcastnik. You'll find it on Acast. You'll find it on podcastnik.com. There's an accompanying YouTube channel and all that. So uh, yeah, snoop around there and have a listen and and uh, hear Imad and uh, Yudit tell their own personal stories. There is new History of Germany items in the Podcastnik shop, which is podcastnikshop.com. So why not have a look? There's like Erbstücke, like heirlooms, t-shirts, and the vandals t-shirt is up and I'll take requests if you see one of the designs you like but you want it on a cup or something I just I don't know what to prioritize and get around to and I just don't have that much time to curate the shop um, but it is fun and if you want you know we can we can or you can order off the menu is what I'm saying uh, drop us a line and sign up for our newsletter on the shop and all that and stay in touch um, through podcastnik and podcastnickshop.com all right for special promo codes I'm not going to mention all our sponsors now. We do have sponsors, and we're very, very grateful, but I'll just put those in the show notes. So if you want to save money on headphones or classic books or that kind of thing, just take a look at, you know, that kind of changes with time. So it's better to just mention those in the show notes because I can edit that stuff rather than, than hard code it here where possible. Okay, we'll be right back. With that, if you support our sponsors, you really help us a lot. It's what keeps us afloat. Um, at this point, honestly, we, we couldn't do it without your support and the su support of our sponsors. So just thank you very much. That's true. Yeah. Now we're back on track. We're um, at the salient time. You remember um, 1024 was uh, the Conrad II became king. 
And in the end of the Salian times, it was 1125 with the death of Henry V. The, yeah, the one after Henry was Lothar, which was last episode. So that's yeah. Yeah, that's where we are. And afterwards, uh, three Henrys, 12 of them real badasses. Yeah? Three, Henry, three Henrys and a Conrad, or three Ottos and a, and a Henry. It's all, yeah, anyways. <laughs> We are at a time of great economic and cultural flowering. At the beginning of the Romanesque um, episode in Central Europe, the feudal system flourished between the 10th and the 13th century. Why this was, uh, we have explained in the past episode, I think. We tried to, and, yeah. yeah tried it happened to, slowly, yes. it happened naturally, like organically, just that's how society was. Yeah, it's all the Hungarians' fault. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's look on the castles. Castles now are more often at high altitudes and away from settlements, for better protection and better overview over the landscape and the country. Uh, for the first time in history, many families name themselves after the new location of their castles. For <gasps> example... Like Strusenberg. Oh, I pretty uh, found no castle called Strusenberg. I would it must pretty be enjoy a fortified town or so, like a town on a hill no nothing you, you, you didn't find anything no i found just a strusenberg drive in i think it's upstate new york <laughs> okay like some cousins so... of yours <laughs> came through ellis island <laughs> maybe, yeah yeah maybe 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 but no uh, fortification, no castle. I would like to have my own castle, Travis. In, in theory, yeah, it's a castle name, yeah. totally. I yeah. mean, you know, just like lost to history or they changed the name of the actual town, you know, something. But in theory, you're absolutely, you know, you're a Zuppelnburger. <gasps> maybe it was a, maybe yeah, it was a swamp castle or something. Or the Staufers. I would really much enjoy this, yes. It's a branch of the Staufer, yeah. Strusenberg yeah. was just a nickname for Hohenstaufen. You, you didn't know that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Here's your crown, your scepter. Great. It's, in German, you'll <laughs> just see so, 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 so many <laughs> examples of yeah. people that suddenly now are called like, um, you know, like so-and-so Regensburg, so-and-so Nuremberg, so-and-so, whatever it is, you know. Um, not yeah. not always nobility. Like literally, like the peasants are calling themselves like ich bin ich bin Hans von Supplenburg, but mm. not like von as in title. Not you know. I'm just like oh, I'm I'm Hans from that town. I'm Travis from Corvallis. You know. So then it gets shortened to I'm Travis Corvallis. So everyone knows. Yes, you're not uh, the Travis from San Francisco, but the one from Corvallis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, some people were, yeah, and this is the same time where it's like, oh, that's, uh, you know, that's Hansi the Müller, that's Hansi the blacksmith, Hansi Schmidt, yeah. that's Hansi of Bavaria, he came, you know, it's Hansi der Bayer, you know, that's, you know, that's, yeah, it's the, the time where that's last names time. start yep. to kind of pop up now and then, yeah. Mm. Uh, in the 11th century, of course, um, there were much castles built. Henry IV, we, we talked about it. He was a really um, yeah. keen castle builder. And uh, for, for example, in the hearts, it's uh, 
located in, in somehow in the middle of Germany. Uh, he tried uh, to secure his power and his influence on the mining areas around there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's another thing that we kind of didn't really mention. Maybe it's in reworded it, wrote it down somewhere. But uh, of course, if you're the local, almost mayor, if you're the if this town is afraid of Hungarians and they build a castle, remember Nuremberg, the people built a castle and then the nobility came and built a castle next door. But it was actually like it was crowdsourced, locally funded. We need a castle for our protection if the Hungarians come kind of thing. But later, Henry IV, this is exactly what you just said. Henry IV was like, actually, I need to secure an area, more than one town. I need to secure this mining region of the Hartz Mountains in Germany. And so then you might build a, uh, just like Nuremberg was, a, a, you know, a crossroads. So there's a market to protect. So you're building a castle. And then you just said, like, maybe a castle was built outside of the city that maybe, what if you were a... Graf, uh, uh, like a, a Herzog or, you know, some like really a, a big prince of a big region, not just one town, almost like you have a capital city. So maybe you, you build a big castle outside of Cologne, which is where the bishop is. But then you're also you're looking at the whole region, not just Cologne. So, yeah, it, it makes sense. Like you wouldn't just it, things evolved. So you're not just having castles for a city. You're having castles for, yeah, like. A mining region, for instance. That's that's good to point out, yeah. The the castle, uh, the way the castles were built uh, changed from the 11th and 12th century on. There were more remains of stone buildings preserved, not only in castles, but also in, 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 uh, in churches, for example, uh, like Romanesque churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have uh, uh, different castle types. You have uh, a traditional fortifications, fortified with uh, ramparts and moats in the valley or on uh, mountain spurs, consisting, yeah, the Martin Bailey, of course. Yeah. The fun thing is in uh, German, um, moth is yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a I think that might actually be like from the translation error. I think it's more like mot, but so towers. Yeah, I think that's more like um, what are those called? Um, not ramparts. There's a not pal- palisades, the wall. Uh, but yeah, tower because uh, it has little. There's a word for it where it just kind of sticks out a little bit. But yeah, so you can see parts of the wall from these little towers, basically. Yeah, there were uh, fortified residential towers just. Simple towers where uh, people lived in, uh, surrounded by a ring wall, and another wall that separates the forecourt. And there, in the forecourt, were the kitchen with a brick stove, with a bathhouse, with an underfloor heating. There were farm building, and it was uh, quite a real high comfort for a castle. Yeah, I wonder. Okay, so if you've never been... I mean, an underfloor heating. You had this in Roman times and later, of course, but I wouldn't have um, expected this in a 
like eleventh century. So a lot couple. of them didn't. I would say most didn't. We you just start to see because most had a fireplace in almost every room, and then uh, I remember in like Karlstein, which was built in the thirteen something thirteen fifties or, or so, you know, in that era. So same kind of era where we're getting into right now. Um, it was a so. Because it's so stone walls are f- cold, and then imagine the windows, they're tiny, but they didn't even always have glass. Like in the really kind of earlier days of cat glass, was more and more common, but at first it was very rare and very expensive. So even a duke couldn't always afford, you know, glass little plates to make windows out of. And you take these little tiny plates, like the bottom of a Coke glass, and you put them all together into a glass window. That cost a fortune. So instead what they had was just wooden shutters. So imagine, Germany's cold. I mean, Germany gets cold. I'm, I'm in California right now. Like, Germany's freezing compared to where we are right now. And in wintertime, you get two options. Shutters closed, and it smells. It just smells because you're just sleeping on straw. You're not really taking. You're washing yourself. It's not like there's a myth that medieval like peasants were dirty. Um, we have sources that say they bathed daily, and we have sources that say they never bathed. So it just depends on who you believe, honestly. But even in castles, there was probably a smell. There was probably a little bit of a. People lived either all in the same room or you know kind of crowded. It, it really depends on. Um, you know, if you're, you might just work in the castle. You might not be nobility. So now, do you leave the windows open and it, where it's freezing, or do you close the windows and uh, it's kind of it's it's gross. And there's also like these yeah, superstitions well, the of like possibility. yeah, uh, uh, you have you had wooden frames. Yes, I was gonna say so. To they they would have wooden panels and also yes. tapestries, which is now. I've seen a couple, but most of the tapestries from like the the tenth, you know, you know, like the Bayou tapestry, which was made after the invasion of England, and that you know, it kind of shows the Norman invasion. That would have hung all around a huge hall. It was like meters and meters and meters long, but it was also insulation. Like it also kept everything warm. So you'd have wooden panels on top of the stone, and then cloth tapestries on top of that and then yes you can open the windows now and then and air it out and it would kind of it would keep it warm you know if you had a fire I'm going i'm not pretty sure in which time it was but there was also i read um there were wooden frames for the wi- for the window holes yeah. which were um chanced with pergament okay yep Okay. Like you had no clear, clear glass. Yep. To watch out, uh, but uh, so light could come through, almost wind... like Japanese walls or something. You know, there's, there's like just paper yeah, thin. Yeah, kind, kind of. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was dark. I mean, it was yeah. If the light was the fire, because even the windows were small. Because it's you're also trying to be defensive. You don't want big, huge windows that people can no. you know knights can climb into. You had tiny little slits, maybe, or you know, if it was higher up in a tower, still you know, fifty centimeters by a meter, not not these huge, you know, glass windows. So yeah, it, it you have to kind of think of things a different way. Um, I know that some people, some people are listening only to hear, I want to hear about the fortifications and what did you, 
you know, if you were attacking a castle, what did you have to overcome? And we should mention a little bit, like, when I was a kid, me and my brother used to play in ruins of castles. Oh, shoot, I should actually mention, I want to say Hohenfreiberg, but eh, I don't remember. <laughs> Um, there was this one castle we always went to in Bavaria. It's not that far from Munich, but it was just ruins, and you could play around. Like, they had stables, and you could go in, like, in, like, pitch blackness. Um, this was really, really interesting. And But you could see, like, okay, here's where the main entryway, you could put logs, like, huge pieces of wood to just block the entrance just they fit into these slots and then it was really hard to get through and they and several of them so every like 10 meters you have another wooden wall like a log wooden wall and then of course while you're breaking through the wooden walls on the ceiling there's little slits where they could dump whatever they could shoot at you with arrows they could dump uh hot oil on you they could dump tar on you um all kinds, you know, so just like these, it was really neat, like, geez, they thought about this. <laughs> the world's best engineers were put to task on, like, how do we kill people that are trying to attack this? Um, and also, in this time, in the Crusades, we're getting there. How do we get, like, here's a, like, unconquerable castle. How do we actually... You know, do we start tunneling under the walls? Do we, um, then you have a moat. You can't tunnel, tunnel under a moat. It will just fill with water. So how do you, you know, do you bombard it? Do you just besiege them? Wait for them to run out of water. This technology, this was an arms race. So, but, you know, by the, by, even by the 13th, in the Crusader times, it really took off. And by the 13th century, 14th, 15th centuries, the fortified castles were like, wow. Like, okay, here's a tower. That's two meters thick. The wall is two meters, th- two me- six feet thick. Okay, at the base, three meters, four meters. It's just this massive stone wall, and then you can shoot at people with arrows. You can always see the next tower over, so they can defend each other. Uh, there's defenses against fire, defenses against um, tunnels, defenses. You know, just like it was this, like just insane um, progression of castles, and actually. Some castles in Czech Republic and Germany, they're proud to say we were never conquered militarily, yes. ever. They were conquered many, 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 many times. But always there was one person that would open the gates or one person that would say, Psst, and let them in through a window or they would, run out of, they would run out of food and say, okay, we surrender. Yep, you got us. We, we, don't, we don't have any more water. It's... We, sur- we surrender or uh, cannibalism, you know, one or the other. Um, but militarily, and some, some would just say like, no, we're actually, we're, we're sustainable. We have enough animals here to last for many years. Or there's even a secret tunnel where we can get more food. The best castles had secret tunnels. Even Prague Castle, so many. Um, the Nazis used them as like radio stations. Like it's just all kinds of secret passageways and everything you think is real in a fairy tale, like, you know, hidden passageways and tunnels outside. So you could get water and get, you know, go hunting or whatever, and then sneak back through a siege that all definitely existed. Not every castle had it. um, But if you look at Europe as a whole, anything you can think of, some medieval (laughs) engineer thought of it too. And it, you know, there's, there's, there's a level of genius to the defense of, of castles. 
And then there's a level yes, of genius right. to how to conquer a castle. Like, oh, we build bigger guns, bigger catapults, you know. So, yeah. oh, yeah. If we didn't talk about that a little bit, people would be like, hey, what about dumping hot oil on? Yeah, okay. It was a thing. You're welcome. Yep. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but when I was a kid, it was the, you know, why, you know, what's that? You know, you'd see the grooves and the walls and you'd, you know, like, why is that there? And why is that? And my poor mother is like, I don't know. Go play. Leave me alone. And we're just like, oh, this is so <laughs> cool. And what was this? And, and this time, all we can say, um, despite increasing stone construction, the much of the castle was still uh, timber. Mm -hmm. And so a lot a lot of them is not preserved uh, until today. So much of that what seems typical uh, today to us as a castle was not, uh, did not exist back then in the yeah. 11th and 12th century. It still has uh, to come later with the time of the Crusades and the time of the Stauffers. Yeah, I think I was almost boring listeners when, you know, it's like Otto the Great, Otto the Second, Otto the Third. I'm like, listen, these guys ruled on horseback. We have some Romanesque churches and castles. The Saxons did start to build, but it was like Henry the, you know, the thousands of castles. That was later. That was like Salia. So... Yeah, I was like, are people imagining big castles right now? Because no, Otto the Otto II ruled on horse, just like Charles the Great, and they their court was in a field. They were like barbecuing, okay? That's how to imagine that. Now we come to, yeah, there was castles, nobility was separate from peasants. That, that's, yeah. So, so, you know, it's kind of hard to, like the Middle Ages is just itself. It's like hundreds and hundreds of years. So that's we why... We talk about a thousand years. Um, Honestly, yeah. So, until the early yeah. modern period. Yeah. So, I, that, yeah. So that's kind of why it's just kind of like, how are people imagining, you know, Henry II? It's not... He wasn't like in a castle castle. He was like in a... You know, he was more like a tribal leader. He wasn't that far... Like, he wasn't that far above Vikings or, you know, other, like, the Frankish people 300 years before. Maybe he was closer to the Charles the Great than, you know, the Habsburgers 300 years later. So, yeah, now, now I think, now I feel better about this because we're putting everything into perspective. I think what we'll do now is we'll summarize the rest, but we'll we'll keep coming back to it later. Like, I, I would love to talk about... Um, when Germans, you know, in the Renaissance, like Germans were studying Baroque, Rococo architecture, all that, just as well as Italians and French, um, the Gothic architecture, all that in France and Germany. Um, I love so, it. So we'll come back to this. But yeah, if we stopped right now, there's barely castles the way you imagine. The Crusades are just starting, and it's the Crusades that would really make things explode. And when I look, if I think castle, just castle. I think of Karlstein in near near Prague, thirty kilometers away from Prague. So Karl Car, uh, Charles the Fourth had would lived in Prague Castle, but he also had his private residence thirty kilometers away, like one day's ride away for privacy, for security, and that was the real defensible thing. If Prague was attacked, Charles the Fourth would be like goodbye and go to Karlstein and be safe. 
Um, it's the same. That's the 14th century. That's the same time as like Cosi and France. If if you look that up, it's really interesting. C O U C Y. I just imagine a, a castle. It's I imagine Karlstein or Cosi Castle. But those are actually 14th century castles. We're we're not even there yet. Uh, you know, um, the Gothic era oh, nice. is like. We're kind of starting, but it's not quite there. But when you come back from the Crusades, that's when you get like the Italian Renaissance happens shortly after. Gunpowder comes to Europe in 1320, okay? Uh, 1320s. So, ooh, suddenly you have artillery pieces firing from towers and castles. Stirling Castle in Scotland, as an example, Stirling Castle in, in um, Scotland. They yeah, tried to fight the British. Fun. It didn't work because the British had cannons. Um, so Stirling Castle. So they just blew the towers off of Stirling Castle, and now the towers are very short because there are like there are artillery towers. They used to be these really tall, you know, medieval uh, castle towers. And so yeah, uh, uh, Stirling Castle. You could see the whole narrow, you know, like lower the the lowlands of Scotland basically. Um, but yeah, is like 1450s. There was large, there was cannons. Uh, you're talking like Italian Renaissance people marching on, you know, the, the, uh, Norman, uh, what's it called? The, uh, Napolitan, like those people marching on Rome. That's, that's really, that's the Spaniards bringing cannons to Americas. Yes, there was bastions, um, really bigger like earthen fortifications like these huge earthworks where a cat a cannon would bounce off um and okay so yes we will talk about this later again because we'll talk about you know certain invasions of of um attacking these like star-shaped fortifications and star-shaped uh city walls where they were built for cannons, so they're at angles, so the cannonballs would bounce off, and they can all support each other, so they're at angles where they can all see each other and give each other support. That comes after gunfire, you know, when yeah, there's bow and uh, arrows. If you mention, yeah. uh, mention the shape, um, in fact, yeah. the change of the shape um, of the castle began earlier in the 12th uh, century. Mm-hmm. They um, changed uh, from a quadratic um yeah. form to to a polygonal yep uh floor plan less to, blind to be, spots yeah it yeah was, less yeah. less less blind spots uh to be easier to uh to protect the curtain walls and cha- uh, in fact and, and this uh, change uh, started uh, during the 12th century and culminated in in the early 13th uh, century yeah so uh, we move away from from the great hall uh, look to a more uh, smaller room mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely I'm trying to actually um, like picture some because then you see palaces where mm-hmm. it's not about fortification but about like showing off so then you see great halls again but yeah, the castles definitely they got, yeah, they, it was different purposes. So you start to see more like chateaus and more um, really defensible, like militaristic, you know, military installations. Yeah. 
and less and like oh the king has... lives you know the herzog's house kind of thing and the and the changes um ha- have in fact something to do with the crusades mm-hmm. because yeah um the the soldiers were influenced of seeing uh, Byzantine and Muslim fortifications, which are different uh, from what we have here in Central Europe. They were like, or had. Yeah, um, yeah, like 10 times, you know, to them it was just like, <gasps> the walls are three times higher, three times thicker, you know, just like, oh my goodness, we're going to die. And then they started to, they learned and <laughs> started to build bigger and bigger yeah. things. Um yeah, and there was there was a lot. Uh, there's a lot of castles. If you go up the, um, we talked about the um, uh, the romantic road, the romantic Straße or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. It's just like Romantische castle, castle, Straße. cathedral, cathedral. You know, medieval town, medieval town. Um, there's actually so one number we got here is there's fourteen thousand castles were built in German speaking areas. Out of, let's call it, 100,000 castles in Europe, depending on exactly how you define it and so forth. But, yeah, 100,000 times some rich guy decided we got to build <laughs> defensively or or a town said we need to defend ourselves. And, yeah. Um, so it's basically every county had several castles. Prague has two in the city uh, Karlstein is 30 kilometers away, and within 30 kilometer radius, there's probably 20, 30, 40. The, 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 you know, all the, the uh, Liechtensteins, the Schwarzenbergs, they all have their own little castle around, you know, central Bohemia. Um, the Rhineland. Because France and Germany have been best friends for... <laughs> <laughs> so they're like staring at each other every 20 kilometers let's let's get to paint you a picture every 10 kilometers imagine north south with the rhine R- river being one of those lines every 10 kilometer there's a line every mountain ridge there's a line of castles a string a chain of castles the maginot line built for uh in the 1930s for to for the same reason as every other defensive line was built so that the Germans don't attack or the French don't attack. Um, the Maginot line is like one of like 50 lines of these, these rows of castles on the Rhine. You'll see castles dotted. If you go up the Rhine river, it's just, you know, on a boat, it's just it's beautiful. It's just beautiful castle. castle yeah. Castle. If you go by boat or if you go by, by train, the train mm-hmm. oh, yeah. rolls up uh, at at the uh, Rhine River. You can see the Lorelei, and you can see yep. a lot of uh, beautiful castles. Uh, yeah, literally up on every every hill. It's and, very and also uh, thirty kilometers west of the Rhine. There's also a string of castles, and also in Alsace, like on the French side, of course, the Maginot Line, but also a bunch of French castles. And yeah, it's like, because every generation, there was a war there between Germans and French somehow, somewhere, and someone built a castle bigger and better and so forth. And they're all like within, so from one castle, you can see the next one almost, I mean, they're, you know, just really defensive like the whole thing is defensible um but yeah you can just go castle hopping you just you know from the french german region there's just like hundreds yeah. you just go from one to the other it's really beautiful i love it 
So do you have any, would you, you know, on the top of your head, do you have any like that you would, that you would recommend for Americans to go see or um, what are, what are your favorite castles? Uh, I don't care about this I, bourgeoisie crap. I love, <laughs> I love um, castles in, in general. I uh, like the Heidelberg castle, for example, as well as um, Schloss Linderhof, one of these uh, crazy castles of uh, Ludwig II. I was going to mention some of his, yeah. So Linderhof is... uh, Okay. So he has... um, There's like Herrn am Chiemsee or something, where he has... It's basically... Herrn am Chiemsee. Herrn am Chiemsee, yes. There was a... It's a replica of Versailles. Nymphenburg is his little dream castle he built for, um, was it Nymphenburg that had the Swan Underground Lake? Or, no, that was Neuschwanstein. Okay, no, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. The Swan Underground uh, Lake oh, yeah. is uh, Islinderhof. Okay, that's Islinderhof. Okay. okay. Yeah, the grotto with with the lake with the lake and the the swan boat. Yes, this is this is Linderhof. Okay. Which it's so kitschy. Nymphenburg <laughs> uh, is, uh, I think, it was not. I'm pretty much not sure if it was built by Ludwig himself or by his his uh, father. This is uh, really right. uh, near near Munich. That's another sort of Versailles replica. Um, that's right. Yeah, it was just a, it's just a residence. It's just it's just a opulent palace chateau building. Then, of yes, course, Neusch- Neuschwanstein is a romantic idea of what a castle was like in the Middle Ages. Totally unpractical and un- unrealistic, untrue. Um, but that's the castle that uh, the Disneyland castle is based off of. That's Neuschwanstein. And I have a grandfather clock with Neuschwanstein engraved on the pendulum. You know, like it's a really famous Bavarian thing. In um, fact, one of my very favorite castle not the yeah i think the my favorite castle is the hohenzollern right oh okay hohenzollern yeah um i can't i don't know if i've seen that one i don't know okay cool but it's like a big you chateau should... like a palace or what what is that oh you you uh i'm googling it right now it, yeah google it it oh yeah jesus that is a castle this is amazing that looks like the freaking uh, Disneyland castle. It's almost like a crusader castle. It's just this massive tower, it's, you know. In fact, no no crusaders it. castle. It uh was uh, rebuilt in the in the 19th uh, century. Like, Cuz it looks ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's like towers yeah. growing out of towers. It's just ridiculous. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. yeah it's totally, totally romanticized as uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um yeah, so kind of the same idea as like Neuschwanstein, like these romantic like nostalgia for what a castle might have been. Uh, I and then one of them is on a oh Han on Kimsey maybe one of those is an island or is that Nymphenburg? No, 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 not Nymphenburg. On uh, an island, this is Herren Kimsey. It it's a, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, a, yeah. what what you told a replica of yep. Versailles, the the mirror. Um, yeah, it has the, the that's, I just googled it. The mirror hall of mirrors at least uh, larger than the one of uh, in Versailles, yep. and uh, it was never finished. 
the castle because uh, Ludwig ran out of money. Mm-hmm. And I'm think it is Herren Chiemsee where he never lived. He never where lived he in. Never, he, he also no. never uh, because in Neuschwanstein there's the castle right next door, which is like. Uh, Schwangau. Schwangau, exactly, yeah. Schwangau, yeah. It's and so he just lived there. I mean, he, you know, I think he, he so lived. he would go next door to kind of, so he might have lived there in a way, but only like a third, a fourth or so was done, like completed. So, most yeah, of it but is. Uh, I, I, I pretty, um, he did like a Because he also had like the Wagner, yeah, I mean, he had like, yeah, it's much more cozy and uh, sweet. He entertained there for sure, yeah. But so, like, yeah, on does. an island, on a lake, there's a replica of Versailles, except it's better than Versailles in every way, on purpose, because it's a German king with inferior inferiority complexes trying to compete <laughs> with the French, like, yes. pretty much straight up. It's like, yeah, so we have a Hall of Mirror 2, too, but it's, you know, it's twice as big as that little one in Paris. You know, like, oh. I pretty much loved the uh, uh, bedroom of Ludwig in Hohenschwangau because um, over his bed, the wall is painted blue with the golden stars. And in the middle of some of the stars, there are crystal rod going up to the next. Like up there, the servants could sit with some candles. Yeah. And light crystal bar or rod. It's like fiber words. optics. It's a, exactly the same idea as like fiber optics. Yeah. You just, yep. Yeah. Uh, for, for your own castle, I think you can keep yeah, it as an you idea. Know what makes me sad yeah. is I'm looking at this has to be said on this episode, I feel like. But what makes me sad is I see these pictures of um, Hohenschwangau and it's fully furnished fully decorated. All the paintings, all the tapestries, all the furniture are there. And in the Czech Republic, I was just on some castle tours uh, last year, and it's sad because it's stripped bare. We were at um, yeah. one of the really haunted ones, for instance, at um, oh, uh, Hoska, right. and all the furniture is gone. It's it's now they uh, there was some communist dignitary that li- you know some communist um, mm. high ranking officer that lived there in the upper floor, so he had some. Pretty modern furniture, honestly. It wasn't, you know, I'm looking at these pictures and it's just like floor to ceiling to, you know, just totally just bedecked in crazy tapestry, gilded, you know, wood carvings, paintings, everything. And yeah, you know, I wonder how East Germany is because of communism. Like they just didn't care. In fact, not didn't care. It was evil. It was a bad thing. This bourgeoisie nobility crap, you know, burn it, get rid of it. Another castle, it's a very small one, which I like to. It's on the uh, Schwäbische Alb. It's uh, called uh, Schloss Lichtenstein. It's very right. pretty. It's, it's also a 19th uh, century castle, one just built for uh, representation. After a novel, in fact. Oh. Uh, first, there was a novel where the castle was described and then someone read this novel and said oh, is this beautiful and then he built the castle that is super cute that is like yes, everybody needs to is. look up Schloss Liechtenstein or Castle Liechtenstein holy shit yes. that is like 
It's I beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. It's so sweet on, on this mountain, on this rock. Yeah. That is so cool. It's like one gothic house. Not even, it's just a house with towers coming out of the ceiling, kind of. And the striking feature about it is, is that the whole thing is very tall. So it's already on a cliff face all the way around. Like, you have to access it by bridge. Like, literally a drawbridge in the sky. Like, that's what this is. And then... um it's actually kind of a Mott and Bailey setting. You have to go through the Mott to get to the Bailey. That's exactly what that is. But it's like it's like vertical. It just shoots up into the sky. It's just like a it's like a skyscraper. It's it's amazing. It just looks like it goes up, up, up. Really yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cute. If you're yeah. uh, in Germany, next time we have to go there. These are some of my favorite castles. Do you have favorite castles, Travis? So I can't remember the one we used to play in. And I wish so it was it's kind of sad because um, it was almost it was just ruins. It was like really early, like 11th century kind of thing uh, in Bavaria. And shoot, I'm going to remember as soon as we as soon as we stop recording, I'll remember. But um, you could just go there and play like just, you know, it was a safety hazard, but you could just go play. And now that everything, there's like, they made it touristy. So there's like glass and steel and there's railings and you can't go there and you can't go there and you can't go there. And, uh, you know, I went back as an adult and was like, oh, that's okay. It's probably for the best and you can read about the history and everything. But I was also sad because when we were kids, we used to go play in a castle. And now, yeah, um, whatever that one's called, that's my favorite castle probably. But then... I have a love-hate relationship with Neuschwanstein because I like it. I have, you know, Neuschwanstein, like, souvenirs and stuff. Like, I like it. I think it's a neat story. If I was a billionaire like Bill Gates, I would build Neuschwanstein. Exactly. It's a beautiful piece of art. However, every time I had a visitor visit me in Munich, they'd be like, let's go to Neuschwanstein. And Neuschwanstein (laughs) is not in Munich. <laughs> it's like six <laughs> hours away. It's a whole, it's just a day gone. And the last five times I was at Neuschwanstein, I was just like, fine, let's go. Fine. Are you done yet? Hurry, tur- take the tour. Let's go. And I, so it's kind of like, eh, I'm over it. Um, my favorite cat. Yeah. So I really like, um, uh, Hol- Holska. I think it's called Holska. It was one of the, Schwarzenberg hunting castles in Bohemia in in Czech Republic and they renovated it in the 19th century also so it's like it's just white you go through the forest and then it's just this white you know like romantic uh, same thing like Neuschwanstein but very very small like cute kind of Um, and I'll I'll mention we did an episode on those castles on a couple castles in on the Bohemican podcast, bohemican.com or podcastnick.com. Um, we did a couple of destination episodes. We went to, uh, like, Karlstein. We did one on Karlstein, told the whole history of the castle. We did one on Hoska, which is haunted. We did a video on that, actually. It's on the Bohemican YouTube channel. Um, so you can actually see. We, we do give some tours of castles on video. You can see them. Um, but also, yeah, we talk about, like, maybe a half dozen castles uh, around the Czech Republic, so like Austrian-built castles. There's a schloss in Regensburg, uh, the Torn and Taxes. Oh, that's I right. Think, okay. Uh, yeah. We should, uh, yeah, we should do an heirloom episode about Torn and Taxes. I wanted, yeah, um, I actually wanted to do an episode about the family, 
Yeah. Because about the, they invented... The so they, didn't, they didn't invent for the yeah. first time, but they had a weird like messaging system, which was like the old yeah. post. And so, yeah, they're, they're interesting. It's more like I a residence, a palace. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, I haven't been there, in fact. Um, but I'm so pretty sure. So it was a countess or something. Yeah. Uh, but she was pretty Gloria. Old. Is she still her? Is still the same person? Gloria of Ton and Texas. She's a little bit older, right? Like, I think it's the same person. I don't remember when I read about her, but it was like 10 years ago or something. So I was kind of wondering, like, oh, she, she was no, older. She's, so maybe it's her she's daughter. 50, 58. Oh, it must be her daughter. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I'll have to check. Yeah. I will look at that. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. So that your castle in Ringsburg is kind of more like a nice little chateau it's more like versailles than some fortress but yeah cool yeah i'm not sure if you can i think they lived there i'm I'm not pretty sure if you can um visit it it might be yeah so i've been to a lot of castles in scotland where they actually live in half and then the other half they have tours so you don't know, like, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, cool. If I knock on the bedroom, there's the, you know, Duke of Clanagall ah, yes, uh, or something is there. So. Uh, you can, I see, you can visit it. Oh, so I have to go and there you go. visit yeah. it and uh, have to tell you about this, we'll I think, an, we'll on a lighter. The, yeah. 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 Cool. So, so definitely stay tuned for more castle stuff we'll we'll come back you know i i also love so i like art history and and the history of architecture and all these things so i'm not going to be able to help it you know we will come back to uh like gothic sort of castles and and baroque and rococo and all these um things that kind of happened after the renaissance and yes and for now we just mentioned that things stopped being defensive and started to be more ornate but we'll come back to that definitely I'm pretty interested uh, which are the favorite castles of our uh, listeners. I think uh, you should leave us a comment or... Yeah. Or, Ping us on yeah. Twitter, at Podcastnik, or at Germany or, Podcast. Have yeah, you been to Germany? Me, Have you uh, been castle meet. hopping? Did you go to Neuschwanstein? Did you go to Hohenzollern? Did you go to Liechtenstein? Yeah. Or what are your favorite places? I think... Um, there were some crazy American guys buying castles in Europe um, oh, yeah. and rebuild them in in the States. In that some also places. happens. Yep. The original Tower of London is or not uh, the original London Bridge is in is in Arizona, for instance. Really? Yeah. Oh, OK. Um, I, I could mention we do have Cas- Castillo de Amoroso in Napa Valley. That is actually a five-story castle, like two floors down, three floors up. So it has like a dungeon and everything. Someone built a stone castle using medieval techniques in Napa Valley, California. I don't know how earthquake-proof that makes it, but it is there. I've been there. It is fantastic. I've been to a Spanish castle in California. Um, So there's a lot of crazy Americans, but... uh, um, I, I do know, I mean, I read of, uh, an American couple that bought a chateau in France and then there was a lot of red tape because they said, well, it's a, it's a historic 
building and this and this, blah, blah, blah. And there was, it was, they were getting angry because they were saying, listen, if, if no one buys it, it's going to crumble into ruins. It's already at the breaking point of, you know, should we even restore it? It's going to cost a million dollars just to fix. And finally, the French government said, you know, finally they, they signed the, the contract, they bought it, and then they're trying to restore it as best as they can. And it's all these weird, there's all these weird thoughts about it, like, how do I feel about Americans coming into Europe and buying the best real estate? But on the other hand, the the local French didn't like it at all. They were just like, oh, it's this bourgeois mansion. No one has the money to fix it up. The government didn't care because it was a small chateau, not a famous castle. So the government has, you know, it's too expensive. Um same in Germany. If every single building that was old had government protection and spending, it would government would go bankrupt. You just can't do it. So it's like, yeah, this American company uh, couple, married couple, came in, bought a chateau, fixed it up. It's beautiful. You know, I love that. But, but yeah, just a, yeah, it's a, it's a neat story. Yeah. Why not buy a chateau in France? That's the dream. Next time is Hildegard of Bingen, so we'll learn about a uh, German scientist and visionary who, like literally visionary, who saw visions. Or I interviewed uh, or did a collaborated with Noah Tetzer from the History of Vikings. So maybe that'll be, they're both recorded. So uh, those are the next two episodes coming up. Um, if you want to get some history on when we talk about Vikings, we're going to jump back in time to like the 8th, 9th century, that, that kind of era. Go check out thehistoryofvikings.com and take a look at the sort of topics he he has already. And we'll kind of um, touch on some of those and talk about Germany specifically, but like Norse mythology and compare that to what we talked about with Saxon mythology. So, yeah, go check out thehistoryofvikings.com. And uh, he's only been around for a couple of months. So see what, see what Noah's about. And then uh, we'll have him on the show here. All right. Thanks for listening. Yay. Cheers. And Juice. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.